Chairman, I'd just like to say a few words about my year. So before John takes over the reins, I'd just like to say a few words and apologise to those of you who attended the civic dinner and may have heard some of this previously. It has been a great privilege for me to be Chairman of Uttlesford District Council over the last year, and I would like to thank those of you who have supported my charity events this year in support of my two charities, the Down Syndrome Association and Cancer Research. I held a tour and afternoon tea at the gardens of Great Eastern Lodge, a candlelit carol service in Felsted, as well as a wonderfully well-attended and fun St George's Day civic dinner. In addition to this, I have raised further funds by taking part in both the Race for Life and the Shine Walk, and Councillor Redfern and her friends also donated the proceeds from their Race for Life sponsorship. Staff members of the Council have added to the funds by donating proceeds from their quiz nights, and Lorna Rolfe, the new High Sheriff of Essex, held a choral evening along with the Granta Choral Society. In total, I have raised just shy of £8,600. For those who like to scrutinise these things, um, the two cheques that Janine has raised come to a total of £5,963, as the rest of the money raised has already gone directly to the charities via my Just Giving page. I have thoroughly enjoyed my year and have attended so many engagements that I have lost count, but a brief summary includes numerous civic church services and dinners, as well as military events at Carver Barracks and the 75th anniversary service of the 101 Regiment at St Paul's Cathedral. Jack Petchy Awards, school concerts, events with the High Sheriff and our local MP, chairing community fund panels. I laid the wreath on Remembrance Sunday and raised flags for both Merchant Navy and Commonwealth Day, and my year culminated last week with a very soggy visit to the Queen's Garden Party, which was a wonderful way to end my year. In addition to all of this, of course, I've chaired these full council meetings, which at times have been fairly challenging. And on that note, I began the year by reminding members that these meetings are broadcast live and we should all do what we can to maintain decorum within the Chamber. And for the most part, this has happened. However, the upcoming months will be challenging for us when we make decisions over the local plan and I urge all members not to make this a personal issue and demonstrate fitting behaviour in these meetings. I would just like to end by saying a couple of thank yous. Firstly, to my father and husband who have accompanied me to all of my events, and secondly, to Janine Corby, the PA to the Chairman and Leader, who has been truly wonderful this year and a great support to me. None of my events could have happened without her organisation and input. Finally, I would like to thank Councillor Davey for his support this year, for him attending events when I've been unable to, and his support in chairing these meetings and helping me identify who's been waiting to speak. I wish both him and Councillor Sell the very best of luck and an enjoyable year of civic duty. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, moving on to item one, then, the election of this year's chairman. Um, Councillor Davey has already been nominated for this post. He's been proposed and seconded, and with there being no other candidates, John is duly elected the new chairman of Uttlesford District Council. Easier for me to lift it up than it is. Probably would have done. Congratulations, well done. And I will pass this over to John. Right. I, John Edward Norris Davy having been elected to the Chair of, of, of Chairman of the Uttlesford District Council, declare that I take that, upon my, that office upon myself and will duly and faithfully fulfil the duties of it according to the best of my judgment and ability. I undertake to observe the code as to the conduct which is expected to members of the Uttlesford District Council. Thank you.
Right, the first duty I have to is to uh, appoint the Vice-Chairman of the Council. Uh, Councillor Sell has already been nominated and a vote has taken place and he is therefore duly uh, elected. If you'd like to come forward. Oh yes. Getting in the right muddle here. <laughs> <coughs> uh, before I, uh, um, um, before Geoffrey Sell makes it up here, I must say I would like to thank uh, Councillor Harris for the work she's done over the last year. She's been incredibly efficient and effective, and uh, she's going to be a hard act to follow. Um, and uh, I hope she's not going to miss it too much when she steps down. I'm taking the gavel with me. Ah. <laughs> I know what to do. But, so, yes, if, if Councillor Sell could now come forward. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Just a small matter of a picture. I'll leave it up here, I think, for the moment. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Right, Jeffrey. Right, Jeffrey. Here we go. That's going to fit. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll have to sign something. Yep. I, Geoffrey Searle, having been elected to the office of Vice-Chairman of the Ellsford District Council, declare I, that I take that office upon myself and will duly and faithfully fulfil the duties of it according to the best of my judgment and ability. I undertake to observe the code as to the conduct which is expected of members of the Ellsford District Council. Can I just say thank you very much for the honour that you've given me. I will do my best this year to support John Davy. Thank you. Right, do we have any apologies for absence? Councillor Jim Gordon, Chairman. My microphone. Councillor Knight. Councillor Anjum, Chairman, thank you. Councillor Anjum. And? Councillor Redfern. Councillor uh, Dean. Yes, Councillors Paul, Lachlan and Foley. Foley, right. Councillor Rolfe. No, Councillor Rolfe's here, but uh, Councillor Redfern. <laughs> Councillor Redfern, thank yep. you. And, and Councillor Parry. Councillor Parry. Any others? James. Mr Chairman, uh, um, I hope I'm not out of place saying this, but I uh, hope that members did notice that uh, I got Mr Snow to send a um, letter round to members because unfortunately last Saturday week Alan Rowe, a long-standing member of this council, passed away. Uh, and I thought I just should make it clear that um, uh, I remember him as a good friend, good councillor, um, and I think it would be only right and proper that if we stood for just a minute's silence, if that's possible, sir. Agreed. We'll do that now. Thank you. Thank you. We now move on to the minutes of the last meeting held. I can find it.
lifted out of it. Any matters, uh, if I go through the pages, page 5, 6, 7, 8. In that case, uh, matters arising. Anybody? Councillor Fairhurst. Mr Chairman, we haven't done declarations of interest. I'd like to register one. As a member of the Saffron Walden Town Council. Councillor Freeman. Yes, likewise, uh, interest member of Saffron Walden Town Council. Councillor Morris. Thank you, Chairman. Yes, the general non pecuniary interest as a member of Saffron Walden Town Council. And Councillor Asker. Thank you, Chairman. The same. Thank you. Any other declarations of interest? I think I should have mentioned that um, in, acting, in accepting the office of chairman, uh, my charities this year will be charities uh, Essex Air Ambulance and Uttlesford Community Transport. Um, those are my uh, uh, charities, and my consort will be Linda Parrish. Thank you. Move on to matters arising. Leaders announcements, Councillor Rolf. Thank you, Chairman. And uh, I wish you a very successful and uh, enjoyable year. And to Geoffrey as uh, your Deputy Vice-Chairman and uh, uh, as I say we very much look forward to working with you and if I can just add my thanks to uh, I'm going to use Christian name terms I know it's not etiquette uh, but on this occasion I will uh, congratulate um, Stephanie um, ha having been to umpteen uh, public functions in the last six weeks and bumped into Stephanie at most of them um, I hadn't realised the, actually the demands on the Chairman of the Council uh, and its ambassadorial role um, so I'm actually seeing the role through a new light um, and congratulate you particularly on the amount of money you raised I think that's a fantastic sum for those charities and congratulate you on, on being a, a great ambassador for Russell's for District Council so thank you um, I, I have got a report later, so this is quite brief, Chairman, uh, but I think it's my, uh, this is where I should announce uh, the lead members. Um, so, at the moment, uh, uh, Councillor Barker, Councillor Graham Barker, has a very uh, full uh, lead portfolio, um, including education, families and health and well-being. And uh, I've asked... Um, um, uh, Councillor Harris uh, to take on the health and well-being and add to that air quality uh, role uh, which will uh, help um, Councillor Barker in terms of focusing on education and families and will give us a, an extra dimension on health and well-being. So that's the first announcement. The second announcement is that Councillor Farthing uh, will cease to be the lead member for depots, maintenance and high, the highway ranges. Uh, this will be in, it already is in uh, Councillor Susan Barker's uh, portfolio and she will uh, be looking after that. Um, uh, the third thing I want to say is uh, that this council needs to appoint a health and safety champion. Um, it's, it's a cabinet appointment actually, but I wanted to take this opportunity of asking if anybody has a particular interest in this subject. Um, so if you do, have a think about it, let me know uh, and we'll make the announcement at uh, the um, cabinet meeting next Thursday. And if you need any further information in terms of what does that involve, then please ask the Chief Executive. And finally, it gives me pleasure because we have referred to monies raised, but uh, Councillor Redfern, who cannot be here tonight, did ask that I pass on this message of thanks uh, to all of those of you who donated to her, mean, her moonwalk team. Uh, they completed the 26.2 mile walk through the night on Saturday in just over seven hours, finishing at about 6.15 in the morning, and we're delighted that our team has raised over £10,500, which goes to breast cancer charities, so well done to them. Thank you very much, Chairman. Thank you.
Uh, we now move on to item 10, political balance on the council. Uh, and I think, I believe this is really just a statement, but if everybody could just read through it. Most of you will have already done so. Next item is uh, number 11, appointments of committees. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Before we move on, sorry, are we all agreed? All agreed? Yep. Thank you. Item 11, appointments of committee committees. Um, and this is a fairly standard document, and I shall require a vote on that if there is a proposer. If I may, Chairman, I'll just uh, point out uh, two changes. I don't think there are any changes from the other groups, but uh, those uh, eagle-eyed amongst you will have noticed. But um, um, Councillor Chambers uh, replaces Councillor Goddard on scrutiny, and Councillor Harris replaces Councillor Knight on performance and audit. Thank you. On this proposal, on this item, Councillor Barker and Councillor Dean, uh, thank you. Um, Councillor Dean, the seconder. Yep, thank you. Yeah, that's right, thank you. All agreed? Thank you. Item 12, appointment of working groups. Chairman, could I just point out it should read 1617 at the top of the page? Could I have a proposer, please? We go ahead. Councillor Lodge and seconded Councillor Oliver. Thank you. Uh, all agreed? Yep, sorry. Sorry, I had a point before we, we, uh, we went to the vote. Uh, but just before I do, could I also congratulate you on taking up the, the, uh, the post? We, uh, we look forward to your efficient chairmanship and your humour and even-handedness from this side of the House, and I'm sure with Councillor Sal then for, for future years. Uh, but just on this, I noticed that the, uh, the one working group, the PPWG, is excluded from this. Uh, and I understand this will be a cabinet uh, decision. Uh, just to ask possibly of the leader, are we going to be consulted on this? Uh, does he envisage any changes in the political balance on that? Leader? The political balance, and I'll bow to Mr Perry on this, is the same as the political balance throughout the rest of the council. So it's consistent. Is that correct? We now come on to annual reports for scrutiny and performance audit committees. <coughs> Sorry? Sorry? Oh, 13. I've run ahead a bit. Sorry about that. Can't help it. We have to move on. Uh, Essex Police and Crime Panel. Thank you. Councillor Gordon, Chairman. Is there a seconder? Yes. Councillor Jones. All agreed? Right, now we move on to the leader and members of the executive. Thank you very much, uh, Chairman. And uh, if you'll excuse me, I will, unusually, I don't normally, but uh, read um, chunks of uh, my report, which will be circulated in full to all of you. Um, so 2015-16 was the first year of the new council and has been another busy period. We welcomed a new chief executive and together have worked with residents and staff on the key issues that are pertinent to them. Uttlesford is a rural district set in the UK's most enterprising corridor with an international airport in its midst. 
We are producing a local plan that caters for future housing and other requirements and hopefully balances the demands of today with the historic charm of our heritage. On the local plan, the working group meets regularly and is dealing with the necessary strategies to complete a successful plan. It feeds back to full council, who will make a decision on the plan structure at its meeting on July the 26th. After the departure of Andrew Taylor, the Council has engaged the services of Derek McKenzie as an interim before the arrival in mid-June of Gordon Glendale. The Council are also engaging professional project managers to support the plan and other work. Finance. Our balance sheet remains sound, but there are challenges ahead. Accordingly, the Council has embarked on a three-point plan to operate the Council more efficiently, and to raise income through better, better utilisation of assets and a modest increase in taxation. Although we await the outcome for new homes bonus and business rates, we are confident our medium-term strategy addresses future challenges. The Council receives an unqualified audit opinion and value for money assessment for the seventh year running. In addition, 99.17% of Council tax was collected. There has been a 60% reduction in empty homes, the target was 5%, and that's 149 homes returned to occupation. And 98.5% of supplier invoices were billed within 30 days, the average was 12.2 days. So we're trying to do our best for local SMEs. Um, the heading is Aspire. This is the name given to our SPV, uh, nobody liked that title. Uh, you can aspire to something or you call, can call it Aspire. But that's the recommended name for this new group, and that will be launched at Cabinet on May the 26th. The objectives of the SPV will be to generate income for residents of Uttlesford through more effective use of assets. But in addition, the use of reserves for community projects will continue. Devolution. Council has noted what is happening elsewhere in the country around powers being devolved from central government. It's held two workshops and has been updated by the work of the Essex Leaders Stroke Chief Executive's Devolution Working Group. Council will consider its involvement in the Essex project at a meeting in the autumn. Housing. Since the Council's new build housing development programme started, the first in over 20 years, we've delivered 48 homes for local people in housing need and are planning extra care homes, the first in Uttlesford. And uh, I won't read out the next two paragraphs which talk about works to existing housing stock except to say that we are investing £5.3 million, one of the largest stock investment programmes in our history, um, that we have installed solar panels to approximately 280 council homes and are looking to fund a further rollout. Um, and um, in sheltered housing, for example, there are schemes which are upgrading uh, the provision of internet lounges, which has received great feedback from those residents. As far as the developments are concerned, we've talked before around Mead Court, phases one and two, Reynolds Court, Hatherley Court, Catons Lane, and we are looking at further three sites which could deliver ten properties. So we have an ongoing pro uh, programme of trying to deliver um, social and council housing for our residents. Broadband, a, 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 an issue taken very seriously by our business community. We are lobbying hard, both Superfast Essex and BT Openreach for Uttlesford to reach a minimum fibre-based broadband coverage of 92% of homes and businesses. Uh, it, it was originally 65%, so we are making progress. And in addition, we've negotiated a voucher scheme to enable access to satellite broadband. As far as the voluntary sector and the LSP, uh, we've maintained our financial support for the sector, which we consider to be of critical importance, um, and Council has received presentations, as you know, from the four LSP work streams. Um, we have created a multi-agency centre uh, which came into operation during the year, uh, bringing together those agencies and providing an opportunity for people to access um, that range within their own community in a sort of one-stop shop. It starts in Saffron Walden and we we'll want to roll that out throughout our district. It has been very well received. Um, we're actively working with the management at Ferrycroft to support the purchase of the facility and to support its ongoing programme for young people. And I think a number of us from across the political spectrum uh, have, have tried to support this initiative. And I'm delighted that Uttlesford is going to uh, at Cabinet on Thursday um, 
uh, put in a financial contribution. As I've indicated earlier, health and well-being gained a focus in our corporate plan uh, and we've realigned officers and uh, indeed member structures uh, and it becomes a key element of the work at Uttlesford. And finally, in this, uh, in this area, as you know, we will be housing the police station and have paid for two PCSOs to work exclusively in Uttlesford. As far as members and community are concerned, uh, we are collectively aware that member training and member engagement with the or their community requires improvement. Uh, two initiatives have been established uh, to consider these subjects and, we, and solutions will be put forward in 2016. I consider this to be a, a cross-party initiative and we'll want to talk with the other leaders to, to make sure that we really do make progress in this arena. As far as service and communication is concerned, uh, a record number of inquiries have been dealt with by the first point of contact, at the first point of contact by the customer service centre uh, and uh, uh, police focus has been added to reception at UDC, which many of you will have seen. Um, planning services met all of their targets, so that is no mean achievement, so uh, they are to be applauded for that. Uh, but customer service will remain a major priority, uh, not just in 2016, but beyond. The council is here to serve its residents, and this will be centric to everything we do. You may be interested to know that uh, we're developing a, uh, the civil suite as a wedding and conference venue. And uh, we are going to give new names to um, that project because apparently um, being married in the council chamber doesn't have quite the same attraction uh, as uh, some other names that are being proposed. So the civic suite uh, to be renamed the Audley Rooms, that apparently has been cleared with Audley End House. The council chamber would re be renamed the Gibson Room after George Gibson who was a major benefactor to Saffron Walden in the late 19th century. Um, and part of his money actually was used to, uh, to, to enhance this hospital that we're in today. Uh, the committee room would be the Cutler's Room. Um, it's a link with the Cutler, cutlery manufacturer uh, in the Thaxted area. And, of course, there is a Cutler's Green near Thaxted. And the chairman's office would be the Flitch Room, uh, relating to the Flitch of Bacon at Dunmore and the Wedding Association. So I hope you see the sense in that. Um, and uh, we look forward to uh, it, the increasing use of the, the Civic Suite uh, for that purpose. Um, uh, finally, uh, the final subject uh, is, is around waste. We have a good collection service, but bluntly, it could do better. Um, and we should be targeting a greater percentage to be recycled or composted. A campaign to do this and to improve the tidiness of our community will be launched in the summer. And our campaign for tidiness, which is very close to a lot of residents' hearts, will be threefold. Let's get the place clean, invest uh, uh, and do deep cleans where that's necessary. Let's educate so that hopefully uh, we, we start a cycle of looking after your own rubbish and um, where we have to, we'll prosecute. So in summary, colleagues, uh, good progress has been made, uh, but there is still much to do. In conclusion, I would like to wish Michael Perry a long and fulfilling retirement. He retires in August and to thank him for his commitment to Uttlesford, his support, his wisdom. And as I say, we wish you a very happy retirement, Michael. And um, I also um, pass on our best wishes to Jeff Smith for his con contribution to environmental services. Jeff retires at the end of June. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. As always, be pleased to take any questions around that. Questions? Uh, Councillor Freeman. Yeah, um, this is... A Mr. Howard, Councillor Howard, um, I was at a meeting last night where Gary Disley was present. You may remember that name. He's the director of Buzzcom. They've now, as of yesterday afternoon, they've been accepted as a government provider that you may well know about, and they're now going to be rolling out, hope to be rolling out broadband throughout the district in a much more intense way. So um, I think they're worth looking at again. I use them, and they provide an excellent service. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. And as you know, the council has, uh, has supported Buzzcom in the past and we work very closely with them. And we've worked closely with the bodies such as the church and the police station to try and provide um, you know, points where their satellite can be beamed off. Um, and uh, so that's good news. No, thank you. Any other questions? Council. Can
Councillor Asker. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Actually, I'd like to start off by saying well done to yourself and Councillor Self for this year. Congratulations. Uh, and as the outgoing Mayor of Saffron Warden, I'd like also to congratulate uh, Councillor Harris. We've had numerous good fun occasions together, um, so it was nice to have a good year to share with uh, a fellow councillor, so thank you. Um, Secondly, uh, unofficial, I had no issues with the name of this room when I got married here um, about five or six years ago, so it didn't bother me too much. Um, my question uh, is with regard to um, uh, a planning issue. So it's to, to the... And it's with regard to uh, the development at Lyme Avenue in Saffron Walden, which has just been um, given the, the green light. Uh, and my question really is, what is the point of going to consultation to a local council when the, the, um, uh, the objections are from the town council to refuse that particular development, but also there are numerous other um, uh, objectors to that particular development. Um, and it, it just, I understand that there was quite a valid reason that the, that development should have been refused. Um, but realistically, my concern is over the overall objection that is ignored uh, by planning and by the officers. Thank you. If, if I may uh, answer that on behalf of the Council, obviously the uh, Planning Department and the Planning Committee will take all uh, consultation responses into account where they are appropriate planning matters. Um, they will have weighed those very carefully and they will have in the balance taken those and made recommendations either uh, to, in the officer's report or to the Planning Committee. So I, I think the fact that um, the uh, decision of the planning officer or the planning committee is appropriate is not in accord with all of the representations made. It does not mean to say they've not been listened to or not been taken into account where they're relevant, of course, but they will have been balanced. Uh, you will appreciate that planning decisions are a balancing matter and the officer and the committee will have balanced those and come to their conclusions. But they are the, that is the process. The consultation is to gather views um, and to weigh those into the material planning considerations. So I don't think it should be interpreted that they've not been listened to but they, are, they form an important part of the process but at the end of the day the professional officer and or the committee have to balance all of the competing demands on any particular development so I hope that helps Councillor Ranger do you want to speak on this? I don't think it's my uh, duty to speak on it Chairman, uh, I think the Chief Executive has summed up the situation admirably and correctly. Thank you. Thank you. We now move then on to annual reports from the Scrutiny and Performance Audit Committees. Uh, Councillor Dean. Mr Chairman, just as a, a, a matter of report here, we don't seem to have got any report in front of us from the um, Scrutiny Committee so is Councillor Dean proposing to put forward a report that he hasn't sent out? That was, I was going to start on that very point, Mr Chairman. The um, Scrutiny Committee actually had a report uh, at its meeting on the 15th of March, which actually is in writing, but it seems to be that it's been past practice not to circulate that to all members. Um, I did discuss this with the Chief Executive this afternoon and I, in future, well first of all this report that I'm going to refer to will be sent round to all members. I'm sorry it hadn't been done before but apparently it's not been past practice to do that but I'm hoping we might change it for future years. So I hope that addresses Councillor uh, Chambers' point. We, as I say, we, there was a, a report which came to that meeting um, and it was discussed by the committee and agreed. The, um, we, we were dealing with um, a new committee which, uh, of which out of its ten members there were six new members and four who have been on it in the, in the old council and we were told by our officers that we'd actually 
throughout the year completed a lot of work and, and done very well in terms of uh, its, its being a new uh, committee. What I'd just like to highlight is some of the things that, that have been going on. We, there was um, a training session in May which was very useful. We had uh, somebody who came in to get over the, the, the principles behind scrutiny and the methodology that is, is best used uh, and, and it's probably a case that we ought to have a, a refresher on that towards the end of the um, second year. But we started off with training which I think was important. The, the main areas that the committee uh, considered during the past year were, first of all we had the report back from the planning advisory service. If you remember the previous committee had commissioned a piece of work looking at the uh, the background to the, um, the, the last local plan being withdrawn and, and they offered a lot of advice that uh, I think the council has um, more than think I know the council has taken on board in the way it's dealing with the present uh, work on a new local plan. So that, that was a very big piece of work and I'm certainly glad uh, um, Great, grateful to the Planning Advisory Service for the piece of work that they did. Um, we, we started off the year by actually asking all members of the committee and in fact all members of the council what they thought that the committee ought to be looking at during its uh, present, not just one year but uh, sort of two, two or three year program and, and we had a lot of very useful inputs from all members or from many members uh, we, 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 we actually had a task group we sat down and worked out what could be progressed and a, a kind of timing and, uh, and, and things that, some things that weren't, we, we deemed weren't suitable but most were and so there is a work program already where a lot of the items are already scheduled and there are some still waiting to be uh, brought forward probably during the coming year we, uh, we started to look at the um, local council tax support system um, and uh, we were asked to do that by a member of the cabinet and we, we actually uh, had a session on that at our last meeting and I'll probably be reporting on that to the cabinet meeting next week. We considered uh, a draft air, air quality action plan which was about to go out to public consultation and I think has since done that. As it's normal for scrutiny, we, we spent a whole, nearly a whole evening looking at the 2016-17 uh, budget and that was uh, fed through to Cabinet following the scrutiny committee's work. And, and the other piece of work that was completed during the year was a report on district-wide car parking, which had been carried out by a consultant and looked at the... Um, the capacity and the way that car parking is managed and that's most of that is or a lot of that is now going through the decision or has gone through the decision making process uh, having first of all been um, developed under the scrutiny banner. Things that are in the timetable uh, are to continue considering the proposed building control partnership and that's likely to come back in the next uh, couple of months. Uh, we'll, we'll continue work on the local council tax scheme. We, have, we, we are going to be looking at the um, cabinet system to see how effective that is. Uh, and that's, that's in early stages. We, it's not really got underway yet, but it's in the programme. We agreed at the last meeting to investigate what uh, quiet lanes are and how they can be better um, made use of or, or, or in fact ex possibly extended work of quiet lanes but I think the first thing we've got to do is to understand what a quiet lane is and there is a definition of that and we kicked off um, a piece of work on uh, the relationship between Essex County Council and, and the District Council which um, is very much in the, the planning area and the highways area where there is a degree of dissatisfaction about communication between the two authorities and there is a piece of work underway at the moment on 
on enforcement. The task group was set up a couple of months, two or three months back to examine the, ser the service that this council provides on enforcement and see whether there are uh, areas for improvement there. And finally, um, we, we, in the future programme, we've got uh, an intention to look at the North Essex Parking Partnership to see how well that is working. And there are many other things on the list not yet started, but, but due to be started. So I'd like to thank the, um, the committee for the work that it has done. Uh, we've, as I say, it was our first year, but we've made quite a bit of progress. Uh, one thing that... Um, we've managed to live up to, or maybe I've managed to live up to, it was a challenge right at the beginning from the old members to say we've, we like to finish by 9.30 rather than going on all night. And not on every occasion have we finished by 9.30, but most not, not too long after 9.30. And, and just to respond to something that Councillor Farthing uh, said this afternoon, he wanted to know whether I was going to take up 45 minutes of tonight's meeting, and I assure you I'm not because I've finished. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Councillor Dean. I was afraid you might go on quite a bit longer, but uh, that's uh, very grateful. Uh, we've now got members' questions of the leader. Sorry? Where's that? Sorry, Councillor Oliver, please. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. I thought I was going to be missed. I'm an insignificant figure. Um, the report of the, to the Council of the Performance and Audit Committee. Now, the problem we have is that the Council's timetable is such that the P&A Committee met just three months ago, last met three months ago, and this next meeting is not until this coming Thursday. Thus, this report has not been approved by the committee and must, I suspect, be considered to be draft. It will go to the committee on Thursday. I'm pleased to, report, to, to present the report of the Performance and Audit Committee, setting out the main area of the work undertaken by the committee in the 2015-16 year. Training. The new committee began its year with a training session organised by officers and run by an external provider. It, would, it was particularly of benefit to new members of the committee, some of whom were also new members of the council, and covered the core functions of, the, of an audit committee, including governance principles, the assurance framework, and the relationship with internal and external audit. A statement of accounts. As part of its review, the draft 2014-15 Statement of Accounts, the Committee noted the increase in the value of housing stock by $36.6 million and an increase in the long-term liabilities of $5.2 million relating to the Council's share of the Essex Pension Fund deficit. The Council published the draft accounts two weeks earlier than the statutory deadline in preparation for the new statutory deadline of 31st May which will be introduced in 2017-18, and that will be quite a, a hard task for our staff to meet. The committee subsequently approved the audited 2014-15 Statement of Accounts, noting that no significant issues arose during the audit process, and the Council's outturn position and usable reserves were unchanged following the audit. The auditor issued the Council with an unqualified audit opinion before the statutory deadline. Our external audit, the committee was pleased to note that the external auditor issued an unqualified opinion on the financial statements for the seventh year running and an unqualified opinion regarding the Council's arrangements for ensuring value for money in 2014-15 for the fifth year running. The committee received the auditor's annual governance report for 2014-15, noting that no significant issues or concerns were identified. The committee also received the auditor's annual audit letter for 14-15, and assurances were given about the reliability of the Council's accounts and financial management. The auditor concluded that the Council had made proper arrangements to secure economy, efficiency, 
and effectiveness in the use of its resources. Moving to the internal audit, during the course of the year the committee has re reviewed the work of internal audit and received the audit manager's annual report and opinion. The committee considered and approved the annual governance statement for 2014-15 which complements the, the council's statement of accounts. At its regular meetings the committee received progress reports on day-to-day -day internal audit work and recommendations. During 2015 please hold your meetings received and approved the internal audit work program 1516, the internal audit strategy 1516, the internal audit charter 2015 and the proposed internal audit work program for 1617. During 2015-16, the committee has also received a notice report on internal audit counterfraud and corruption work. In addition, members undertook the annual self-assessment of the effectiveness of the Performance and Audit Committee. A number of actions for 2016-17 have been identified and arising, arising from this assessment. The committee undertakes detailed quarterly monitoring of the Council's key performance indicators and a further basket of supporting performance indicators. Members discuss many topics during 1516, including the business rate collections and issues relating to recycling rates and more broadly waste collection services. And finally, the committee monitors the Council's corporate risk register on a quarterly basis and pays particular attention to those risks for which scoring has changed between quarters. From July, the committee will monitor a new version of the corporate risk register and the committee continues to encourage senior management to view the risk register as a live document. To conclude, I would like to thank the members of the committee for their contributions throughout the year and for the officers who continue to give the support and assistance. That's so as the draft report, it will go to the committee on Thursday. Thank you, Councillor Oliver. Uh, all agreed with that? Thank you. Uh, item 16, members' questions of the leader. Councillor Harris. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Uh, I did give notice to the Chief Executive and the Leader before this evening's meeting that I would be speaking, but I don't expect they will have had a chance to provide me with a response yet, so I would like for this to be formally minuted and a written response provided to Flitch Green Parish Council. Um, I am also a member of Flitch Green Parish Council. I'm not sure if I need to declare an interest in that. Um, as certainly many of you involved with planning will know, there have been many issues involved in the development of Flitch Green and the provision of our community facilities. We were hopeful that we would soon be in a position to sign off ownership of these and transfer the management to our new charitable trust. Whilst work has been more or less complete, we have three major issues which need to be addressed. Um, they are quite specific, but if, I will cover them if you don't mind. Um, one, the stone and gravel on the pathways is simply not bedding down in the ways in which it was intended, making it nigh on impossible to ride a bike, push a pushchair or wheelchair, or indeed fall with, uh, walk without falling into the ruts which have formed. Secondly, despite the question being asked many times, no maintenance plan or detail has been given with regard to the playing fields, i.e. when they will be okay to use, what type of upkeep they need in the meantime. In notice, the developers are not carrying out any upkeep and the grass is too long, weedy and will soon be in a state which will require a major upgrade. And thirdly, lastly, but by no means least, the subcontractors engaged to provide the play equipment in the play area have not been paid by the developers and have now removed much of the installed play, play equipment. We've spoken to ODIS and asked for a resolution to this, but they maintain that the issue lies with the subcontractors and not themselves. And the company providing the equipment have now begun legal proceedings in the small claims court and are likely to remove all of the rest of the equipment in the play area in the near future. I've previously discussed this point with Roger Harborough, but haven't as yet had a follow-up from him. The Section 106 agreement quite clearly states that no further houses can be built until the playing fields are complete, and whilst at one point it looked like this was very nearly the case, it now certainly isn't, and yet building work is continuing at a rate of knots. 
Given the 10 years' worth of delays, and I will reiterate that, 10 years of delays we have had from the developer, we believe that Uttlesford District Council, as the planning authority, should now be legally enforcing the terms of the 106 agreement and should be pushing with all avenues available to them to get this work on the community facilities completed. We presume there is a planning officer involved in the planning application, but despite assurances that all parties would be kept informed at every step of the way, this does not appear to have happened. This is therefore a formal request on behalf of the Parish Council for Uttlesford District Council to begin proceedings to enforce the 106. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Harris. As Councillor Harris indicated, we will be providing a written response to the Parish Council as soon as possible. If I can just uh, add, uh, Chairman, as you also know, we take enforcement very seriously and uh, subject to the terms and conditions, uh, we will do what we have to do. I won't prejudice the Chief Executive's response, but this, it, this is a serious issue for this council. No, I'm, yours is a serious issue, but collectively, uh, following through uh, 106, whatever else the case may be, or other planning matters, is a serious issue for this council. And uh, we've already, um, you know, we have a lead member for enforcement, and I'm sure Councillor Jones will be in, involved as well. So rest assured that uh, we will follow this through with vigour. Thank you. Any other questions for the leader? If not, uh, no. If not, uh, we'll move on to item 17, matters received about joint arrangements and external organisations. Apparently there are no items have been uh, brought forward. So we now move on to 18, matters received from committees and working groups. And I understand there is one issue. Yeah. So if, uh, just for members' uh, information, the date of the Constitution Working Group had been previously set as the 28th of June, but that has now been taken as a workshop for the PPWG. So therefore, uh, in a consultation with the Chairman of the Constitution Working Group, we'll seek to rearrange that. Thank you. Um, we now move on to item 19. Any other items which the Chairman considers to be urgent? I have no uh, matters. Councillor uh, Oliver. Chairman, thank you for that. It is a question at the point that the P&A committee meeting, I believe, has been agreed to be moved back a week so in, to entitle that they enable the staff to complete the accounts. Thank uh, you. Could, could, that could be confirmed? So for clarity, the, the uh, Council agreed to the timetable of meetings last time and set the P&A for the 21st of July, and it is requested that moves to the 28th of July, uh, which will enable the committee to receive the uh, audited accounts from the external auditor. Uh, no other matters to discuss. I declare the meeting closed at 25 minutes past eight. Thank you.